This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Jimenez, host of the Fear Free podcast series. Today's episode coincides with the launch of one of Fear Free's newest and most exciting additions to our lineup of educational modules. This coming week, we are launching the Fear Free Foundation for Kittens and Puppies course. To tell us more about the modules and give a few insights into the material covered and why this course is so important, we have with us the authors of the modules. Debbie and Dr. Kenneth Martin are what I would maybe refer to as a, perhaps a power couple in animal behavior. Debbie is only one of 14 licensed veterinary technicians in the world certified in behavior, and Dr. Martin is a board-certified behaviorist. They are the co-owners of two behavior-based organizations, Team Education in Animal Behavior and Veterinary Behavior Consultations, LLC. Also with us is Mikkel Becker, a renowned trainer who has so many trainer certifications that I couldn't even begin to read the letters after her name. Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Alex, for having us here. Yeah, it's great Alex, to be wonderful. here. Thank you. So you all clearly have a wide variety of experience as it relates to Fear Free. But if we're talking about kittens and puppies and this new course, we really can't have that conversation without emphasizing just how critical early development is to a pet, not just in a fear-free context, but in literally almost every part of their life. Mikkel, can you get us started by talking about just really digging into how important this is? Well, early development is really where we give our kitten and our puppy the setup for how they're going to experience and view the rest of their life. And so with those early experiences, it's, it's really the prime time when we can help our kitten and our puppy open up to the world. And rather than looking at, at the rest of the world as being something really scary and, and frightening, so anything new and outside of the ordinary, instead, if we can open them up early and give them new experiences and make it more like what they might experience for the rest of their life, it really helps. So, for instance, if you have a kitten that only stays at home and only has their two primary caregivers, when someone new comes into the house, of course the kitten is going to, uh, the kitten that grows into a, a cat uh, later on um, is definitely going to run and dash and hide if they aren't used to new people. And if they're only going into the veterinary hospital for maybe getting their, their vaccinations or for care, of course it's going to be really scary. And of course when the crate comes out, oh no, I know what that means. That means that we're going to the vet. So these little indicators for those, that kitten, for instance, and for that puppy, we can start to take those things that might be scary to them later on, such as the crate or such as new people, and we start to pair some really positive experience with, experiences with those things. So we really turn it into a positive for them. So we expand that friendship group for them early on and really give them those experiences that, and accustom them to those. So that way they're set up to be more comfortable for the rest of their lives. So that's really the setup that we want to give them in a preventive fashion. Right. So Dr. Martin, where does someone even get started with this? And again, I think, you know, it really comes down to education, um, educating pet owners, new puppy, new kitten owners about what is normal um, and what we can do to actually maximize behavioral development, how it can be optimized. Um, you have to understand normal in order to, ab to understand abnormal. Very well said. Now, speaking of education, Debbie, you have a really unique background. You were actually a preschool teacher before going into the veterinary industry. And you and Dr. Martin have authored several books, like your Puppy Start Right book, and you've authored courses like the ones available through the Karen Pryor Academy. 
So you have this wealth of experience in seeing in both humans and animals in many different settings how early experiences can shape long-term behavior. How does this play into a veterinary visit? Well, right along with that, you know, I think we have to remember too that behavior is a combination of genetics and learning. And the experience a young animal has, or even the lack of those experiences, has a profound impact on their development and how they see the world, just like Mikkel was saying. It's, it's what is, becomes their norm, so to speak, during these, the socialization period and the first couple months of their life. We can really help influence kitten and puppy development in a positive way through the way that we're handling our patients in the hospital, as well as through education to the clients and pet owners. And we really, you know, providing appropriate techniques and training that they can use with their pets at home. Fear Free is all about preventing and alleviating fear, anxiety, and stress in pets. And prevention is one of those ways to do it. And we can almost think of some of these preventive services that we can offer in the veterinary hospital, such as puppy classes or kitten classes, as behavioral vaccinations to help animals be the best that they can be throughout their lifetime. doesn't mean we can necessarily prevent all behavioral issues, uh, but we can, we can minimize them. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So if we run with this behavioral vaccination analogy, which I really like, on the flip side of that, when a pet isn't literally vaccinated, it puts them at risk of disease and there can be consequences for that. So in a behavioral sense, relinquishment is one of those risks and an all too common one. Mikkel, can you tell us how the modules address this and where this fits into the bigger picture? Absolutely. So there are different pieces on this. Part of it is prepping the pet owner, giving them reasonable expectations of what is a normal kitten like? What is a normal puppy like? So a, a cat's like to scratch, for instance. So that actually is a very normal behavior for a cat is to do some scratching if they don't have the right outlets or if they aren't directed to the right places, there could be some problems such as clawing on furniture. So things that could potentially be an issue later on, it's really important to address early. And that happens by both giving the pet owner the tools to be able to help their pet and also doing the proper teaching and giving the cat or puppy the, the proper setup to really help them be successful in their home. So the socialization also plays a big role in that, in helping them be more comfortable with different elements of life. So rather than the kitten and puppy later having a tendency to be more fearful and reactive, what we can try to do is give them the best setup possible so that if they are going to have some issues, we try and minimize those and ideally prevent them altogether. Right. So is it fair for me to say that getting ahead of the game can really save not just some headaches and prevent emotional trauma for everyone, including the pet, but also actually potentially save lives, right? Um, it is a serious concern. More dogs and cats lose their lives due to behavioral concerns than to all combined infectious and non-infectious diseases out there. And prevention, of course, is going to be you know, much easier than treatment. And prevention's easier when the brain is more malleable. So puppies and kittens, they have sensitive periods of development. Um, where it's much easier for them to learn certain things. And the socialization period, or let's just say the first three months of a puppy or kitten's life, is really a time when we can make a big difference in terms of future behavior. Um, and we think about socialization as a behavioral investment. We're essentially putting pennies in the bank. Um, and those pennies and that time put in during those first three months of life 
really can make a profound impact. And you think about those pennies in the bank growing, it, it can be a significant investment that you put in for the future behavior of your dog or cat when they reach social maturity. Right. That's really well said. And this whole concept of prevention is going to keep coming up both in this podcast and the course because it's such an important part of it. It's in the title. And I think your analogy is perfect, or dare I say, right on the money. But all tacky jokes aside, I'd like to go back to what you said about more dogs and cats losing their lives to behavior-related concerns than all infectious and non-infectious diseases combined. That's startling. And I have to wonder how many people really grasp that when you take a step back and think about what that really means. Yeah, so if you're involved in behavior, you may be aware um, that the number one reason why dogs and cats are relinquished to shelters or euthanized, and these are healthy animals, is going to be behavioral problems. And some of these behavioral problems are serious behavioral problems, or I should say more serious behavioral problems like aggression. And then other of these behavioral concerns are just concerns related to training. Very simple things like house training. You know, the kitten uh, is, is not house trained or the, the, the puppy is not house trained. That's a really common reason for relinquishment, and it's such an easy problem to address and treat, and we usually have really good treatment success. So they're preventable problems. You know, oftentimes the unfortunate thing is that we see them when it's at a treatment stage. Um, we see them when maybe the bond is already somewhat damaged. Um, so if we can catch them early, if we can create empathy, if we can create understanding and education, we can have a huge impact. Right, right. I think empathy is a key word there. Debbie, can you talk more about how empathy plays a part in the role veterinary professionals have in all this? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, Dr. Martin touched on this already about empathy and understanding and education and Mattel, too, about how important it is to educate our pet owners. Well, understanding really builds empathy. Understanding how our pets think, how they work, what their needs are, helps build that empathy. And being able to empathize with a pet, we're more likely to look for positive solutions that are going to enhance that human-animal relationship. A big problem and a reason why dogs and cats are relinquished is often a result of damage to the relationship between the pet and the pet owner. And once those that relationship is damaged or that bond is broken, it's sometimes difficult or impossible to repair. In the veterinary field, we really have a unique opportunity to influence a better relationship with the pets and pet owner by providing humane advice and, and training advice as well as socialization advice. Right, which is all really important stuff. So speaking of advice, I always like to wrap up these podcasts with some tips for our listeners. Of course, these can be related to information in the modules and for our listeners can register for the modules to get these in more detail at vetfolio.com under the fear free tab. But as we end our call, what are some tips and advice that we can give our listeners to take back with us today? Mikkel, let's start with you. What do you got? Well, I believe that communication is really key and it's important for people. And it's also really important for us when we're working with our pets. So starting off with kittens and with puppies, we can really set a foundation of communication and teach them what it is that we're going to do and making that a positive early on. So a preventive tactic building on that communication foundation would be to actually teach the pet what it is that you're going to do. So for instance, if it's something like pets, so we're going to teach the animal that we're going to handle their body, 
we can start to add a cue to that. So if the animal has a good association with it and they're comfortable, we may go ahead and say pet, lightly touch, and then we may even give them a treat after. So we really build the positive factor of being touch, and we also give a communication cue that pet means touch. And later on, we can actually use that during the veterinary exam. So we may be able to say pet and then have that touch and be giving those nice treats. So it really makes it where it's something that 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 communication builds from the home into the hospital and really builds that pet's comfort. So starting off early with some of those preventive communication cues can be really helpful. And and also along with communication, training is a big piece of that, and that really gives us that common language with a kitten and with a puppy both early on and as they grow that say that we we are looking for a different behavior, for instance, rather than getting upset that our dog is jumping, we may go ahead and, and ask for that sit that we taught them in puppyhood and that sit that we regularly reinforce. So we communicate to them what it is that we want, and then we can find ways that we can reinforce that, such as with attention or treats. So communication, I think, is the biggest thing, and, and that's really a, a big factor and, and a theme throughout all of the modules. So we, we as veterinarians really need to witness, if we witness fear, anxiety, and stress in young puppies and kittens, or even aggression, we have to realize that they're unlikely to grow out of it. And like Debbie hinted about, behavior is really a combination of genetics and learning, and yet animals are always learning. They're learning even when we're not actively treating. So for instance, um, if puppies uh, at eight weeks of age show aggression over a food bowl or over a resource, shown that they're at an increased risk of anxiety or stress or even aggression in young puppies and kittens, we have to realize that they're unlikely to grow out of it. Like Debbie hinted, behavior is really a combination of genetics and learning, and animals are always learning. They're always learning, even when we're not actively training. Um, so, for example, in puppies, um, at about eight weeks of age, if they show aggression over their food bowl or over resources, that has been shown to be a risk factor for future aggression towards family members. Uh, in kittens that have been early weaned or bottle-raised kittens, they're at an increased risk of showing abnormal behavior, behavior related to aggression towards family members, um, nipping and biting, scratching, um, as well as uh, abnormal repetitive behaviors associated with fabric sucking. Um, so if we're really going to solve potential problems, we really have to identify that we have a problem to begin with and we have to address it early. Generally, the earlier we can address behavioral concerns, the better outcome. Right, it's so important. So Debbie, can you tell us what you have? Sure, yeah, so I, have, I actually have three tips, and it was hard to narrow it down. In fact, I was just going back and forth between what I wanted to say. <laughs> and, uh, but one of the first ones is really thinking about creating a routine to meet the, the pet's physical, social, and exploratory needs. Uh, the Fear-Free Kitten and Puppy Foundations course identifies how we can meet those needs, like what are the needs of kittens and puppies, and how can we meet them in our routine, in our household. And it's simple things, just like scheduling short walks or interactive play sessions, providing exploratory activities such as a find-it game uh, where they have to locate food or treats out around the house or in special areas, or incorporating a food storage toy or something like that. And then also implementing positive reinforcement training that provides mental stimulation and is a fun way to, 
increase that communication that Mikkel was talking about between the pet and the pet owner. It provides that common language. Another thing that we can incorporate, so number two, my second tip would be incorporate behavior questions into your preventive care visits. We should be asking questions about behavior and it doesn't have to be really detailed things, but things like how is the health training or litter box training going? Dr. Martin mentioned that is one number one reason dogs and cats are relinquished to shelters and, and possibly lose their life. And if we're not asking, they don't always are, they're not always forthcoming with that information. Sometimes pet owners are embarrassed that their dog or cat's urinating in the house. It implies that they have an unclean house. And so if we don't ask, we won't know. And then the last one is what we've been saying all along is prevention's easier than treatment. <laughs> it really is. And, you know, I'm going to give a little plug for Mikkel here because I'm really excited that she's going to be at the Clinical Animal Behavior Conference in Las Vegas in December. And it's the whole conference is a three-day conference on prevention of, and intervention of behavior issues. And we're looking at three different species of animals. We're looking at kittens, puppies, and parrots, actually. Mikkel's going to be doing a whole lab on puppy socialization classes. So I'm really looking forward to, to learning from her. And I know Dr. Martin's going to be there too. And uh, just put that little plug out there for people interested in getting some more hands-on experience. Yep, plug, plug away. Where For our listeners, where can they get more information on that? Uh, they can go to animalbehaviorconference.com, and that, they have a website dedicated there. Great. Well, thank you for that. And uh, that does it for this episode. Thank you all for your time today. Thank you for all the amazing work that you've done on the modules. And, of course, thank you for everything you do for our animal friends. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, Alex. We really appreciate it. Also, thank you to our listeners today. For those of you that would like to learn more about the course, you can read all about it and register at vetfolio.com. Again, that's under the Fear Free tab. And be sure to check out fearfreepets.com for more information on everything fear-free.